Welcome to the Gut Podcast on the paper Management of Helicobacter pylori Infection, a Maastricht 6 Florence Consensus Report, published in paper copy in Gut in September 2022. My name is Dr. Philip Smith, Digital and Education Editor of Gut and Consultant Gastroenterologist at the Royal Liverpool Hospital, Liverpool, United Kingdom. And I extend a very warm welcome to Professor Malfa Tyner, who's a gastroenterologist and a senior professor of medicine at the Ludwig Maximilian University of Munich in Munich, Germany. He is a founding member of the European Helicobacter and Microbiota Study Group. Professor Malfina is a principal author on this excellent consensus report. Professor, thank you so much for joining me to do this podcast today. I know that you're actually in Northern Italy and congratulations on your excellent consensus report and congratulations to your co-authors. Firstly, could I ask you to explain the background to your consensus report and why researching this area is so important? Thank you for the kind introduction and opportunity to give you some insights on the consensus development called Maastricht 6 concerning the management of H. pylori infection. The initiative started 25 years ago in 1996. At that time, the notion about Helicobacter pylori was very debated concerning its pathogenetic role and many different treatments many different diagnostic procedures started to be introduced in clinical management and brought a lot of confusion. So we continued in the evolving knowledge of this bacterium and the clinical relevance, the impact it has in management in about every five years intervals to update the most relevant aspects concerning the management of this infection, which is extremely important as more than five billions of people appear to be affected by this infection, mainly transmitted in childhood, but with the clinical manifestations appearing later in life. The new consensus Maastricht 6 conducted in Florence in September and now ready to be released in the publication, has a series of new aspects to be considered in the daily clinical practice. Thank you, Professor. It certainly is a huge problem. And thank you for joining us once again to discuss this. So could you explain to our listeners what are the new findings in this consensus? The consensus was categorized in five different working groups, altogether 41 experts from 29 countries contributed to the elaboration of this workshop that included indications and associations with H. pylori infection, new modalities in the diagnostic approach to the infection with particular reference to the new molecular technologies which allow 
on site the practicing physician during endoscopy to perform, if necessary, also the antibiotic susceptibility testing since resistance has emerged to be a major threat to a successful treatment of the infection. In the treatment section, which was the third chapter of the consensus development, we decided on two different approaches. One, the so-called empirical approach, where the selection of first-line therapies is based on the knowledge of the local regional prevalences of resistance, particularly to claritromycin, which is a key component in uh, the traditional triple therapy. And uh, the conclusion from these efforts was that in the empirical therapy, when claritromycin resistance reaches uh, a level or a cutoff above 15%, bismuth-based quadruple should be the first-line treatment. And only in certain regions where bismuth quadruple is not available, under such resistance circumstances, a four-component so-called concomitant therapy should be used. Now, the ideal would be that wherever the resistance has increased above the value of 15%, claritromycin testing with molecular procedures should be included in the usual management during upper GI endoscopy. So taking biopsies from the stomach in a, in a tertiary hospital, in university clinics and so on, should be accompanied by molecular testing for claritromycin and, if available, also levofloxacin or quinolone resistance. Thank you, Professor. It's very clear. I can see that there's going to be uh, some major potential changes to the way we act, which leads me into my next question about how might this consensus impact on clinical practice in the foreseeable future? I have expanded on the new directions for management in first-line therapies, but it's obvious that depending on results and the dynamics of these resistance developments, and especially during the adoption of empirical therapies, we have to accept treatment failure. So in this new consensus, we also elaborated on the different steps to be employed for next lines of therapies. We also included a very important development concerning a stronger acid suppression therapy, like the PCAPs, which are now available, Vonoprasan, not only in the Eastern world where it started, a very strong acid suppressant that makes the efficacy and the bioavailability of antibiotics stronger is now also becoming available in the Western world. And the first results show that this is a definite improvement in respect to the traditional proton pump inhibitors who continue, however, to remain a standard of care in the component of uh, eradication regimen. Now, the other impact that came out from this event on Maastricht 6 
Florence is that we are embarking more in screening for H. pylori, so-called population-based test and treatment strategy, particularly in high-risk regions of the world where gastric cancer, which still continues to be uh, on top of the mortality rates from neoplastic diseases in the digestive system, that we go actively to search populations at risk, but also individuals at risk that are from families that carry this risk that if they are infected with H. pylori, they may more easily develop gastric cancer through the infection. Thank you, Professor. Again, very, very clear. So our listeners are very interested in research. So how might your consensus report impact on research priorities in the foreseeable future? The fifth chapter of our elaborated consensus focuses on H. pylori in its relationship with gut microbiota, in particular with gastric microbiota, as we are aware that, and we have data now, that Helicobacter is the initial trigger in inflammation, which eventually progresses to not only uh, initial gastritis, but to more severe gastritis. And here we included the established staging systems now that allow to predict the more severe consequences like gastric cancer, as I mentioned, but also the role of other microbiota, particularly in the stomach, when through the damage of the H. pylori-initiated inflammation, we develop also changes in gastric physiology with a rise in pH due to the reduced acid secretion. And in this circumstance, microbiota, even from the anaerobic uh, components, which usually are found deeper in the large bowel, are now entering in the pathogenetic cascade, which needs to be further explored in detail in gastric carcinogenesis. And the second aspect, which is also very challenging, is that we learn from different probiotic bacterial and also fungal strains that there may arise potential new weapons, so-called microbiological fighters, included in one side to improve the antibiotic, still antibiotic-based eradication therapy, protect from side effects, but also enhance the eradication efficacy. So there is a huge field emerging, all driven by research on H. pylori and its consequences, by including now what is, I think, the momentum in research, the gut microbiota. And here we have a model situation that is very, very stimulating to learn for the stomach in particular, but which will also expand to other areas of the digestive system. Well, thank you so much, Professor Malfatina. I must say, I found that very, very interesting. And um, this has been a really good and great, uh, good podcast to do today. So thank you very much. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your, your summer. Congratulations again on your fantastic paper being published in Gut to yourself and to your co-authors. To our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed that podcast just now. If you want to access the consensus report and click on the link underneath this podcast, 
And of course, please do join us in the future for further gut podcasts. Thank you for listening today. Mm-hmm.